With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and more. All you got to do is download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID, open up an account, and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Now, every now and then on this show, we play a little game of like, love, hate. And our guy, Adam Burke, in this year's NFL betting guide, did a very similar exercise when it came to season win totals in the NFL. He put teams in tiers based on bets that he loves, he likes, that he's not sure about, and teams that he wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole. So, Michael, we're going to look at what Adam put together and then gauge your opinion and get some that you like, love, and are on the fence about. So let's start with the Chicago Bears. I already know that you're going to love this one as much as Adam does. But he <laughs> loves the Bears under 7.5. What do you think? You know, I, I do. I mean, I've come to – I've kind of calmed down. I'm no longer <laughs> hyper about it. I told I told uh, Femi when he – you know, did you know this? When Femi signs his letters, when he writes letters to people, he signs it chairman of the Justin oh. Fields MVP club. Okay. Yeah, I he does. It. I could understand yeah, He's the head that. of that club, yes. And uh, he, he's going to write a letter if the hard knock – if the Patriots don't get on hard knocks in two years if they don't make the playoffs. He's going to take that to that. But – I'm I'm calmer on Justin Fields. This whole five tape at the end of the year is, is comical to me. But the Bears have a lot of problems. And I think to me, let's not get ahead of ourselves. If they can get the five, six wins, that's going to be a really good year. Yeah. I mean, they struggled last year. They were beaten soundly. They weren't a team that that surprised anybody. I mean, they had some rushing stats with their quarterback, but there's a long way to go. And I think over eight win, over seven and a half wins, meaning you got to get to eight. I don't see it at all. I, I agree with Adam. I'm glad that we don't have to put a heart rate monitor on you anymore to keep the levels clear. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you here because it, it's weird to me that a team that finished as poorly as they did last year, you see that record on the screen at three and 14 ended the year on a double digit losing streak that, 
that when you see the main media and articles that are written about the Chicago Bears, it's like nobody can say anything bad about them. Um, it, we need to, I think, stop painting Justin Fields as a guy who's night and day from where he was a year ago and he's going to take <laughs> off and he's working with Michael Vick to be a better passer and all these things. Like, let's, you know, I hope that he improves. I hope that they do double that season win total from three to six, maybe even seven. But getting over seven and a half just feels a touch too many for me. The win total that I love, Michael, and I know you're yeah. not going to be on board with, I love the Vikings over eight and a half this year. I understand that they're going to regress. I'm not saying they're going to have that type of luck in one score games and win 13 games again here in 2023, but a five game regression just feels like too much for me. Um, I don't see them being a sub 500 team this year, but you tell me if you had to put that in a category of like, love or hate, which category would you give me? Uh, like love, I would say I I I don't like it at all. I, I don't hate it, but I don't. So it's like in between. It, you know? Okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm like I think to me you, they've rubbed that lucky rabbit's hat so many times last year. I mean, I told Derek Stevens you cannot let Kevin uh, uh Kevin O'Connell into the Circa Hotel. You just can't. He's too lucky. He's going to walk out with most of your money. That's smooth. I mean, it's ridiculous. You can't let him in the South Point. You can't let him anywhere. I don't know if they can duplicate that. Now, I like Brian Flores as the defense coordinator. I think that's going to be an upgrade. I, I love what they can do offensively. But do we think Cousins is going to continue playing on that one year? You know, what is his motivation? Is he going to step up in the pocket? Is he going to play with more toughness, which has always been the concern about Kirk Cousins? You know, when it gets tough, can he make a play? I mean, for as great as they are offensively, they gained 183 yards against the Cowboys at home. It's concerning, right? I it's a little bit like I wrote about with the Rams. I mean, everybody talks about Matthew Stafford. He'd come back. If you watch Matthew Stafford in the three games against good defenses, he was horrible. Yeah, and, and a mean, little bit later on. We don't study enough of that, Stormy. We don't pay enough attention to when you play against good teams, how you play. No, I definitely agree from that standpoint. And we will we'll take a deep dive into the Los Angeles Rams and your article of whether or not Sean McVay can rebuild that organization again um, coming off the season that they did last year, just two years removed now from that Super Bowl. But one last thought on the the Vikings standpoint, like even without Dalvin Cook, I like Alexander Madison. I like Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison. And I think Kirk Cousins going to be able to deliver the ball to them effectively. You said that their defense should be at least slightly improved with Brian Flores. Well, they can't be any worse from what we saw yeah. last year. Ranked 30th in scoring, 29th in opponent yards per play. So I think that there's reasons to believe they can get over that mark. So that's one that I love. Do you have a favorite win total this year that that you think when you saw the number you thought absolutely they're going over or under I mean I, I look I love the betting guide I went through it not d in detail because it just came out but I agree with Matt humans on the Patriots I, I think yeah. to me they're going to go over seven and a half wins I mean they're a good defensive team people are treating them I mean can you imagine them in the bear now look the Bears beat them and when you go through the Patriots they struggled against quarterbacks that run that's been their Achilles heel the last couple seasons, handling the six-back attack. And I think they've addressed that in the offseason with what they've signed in terms of how they want to play their defense along with the, 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 the draft that they went through. And getting the bigger corner in Gonzalez is going to help them. So I like them over 7.5. I like the Packers over 7.5. Mm -hmm. Now, I wrote that column on the Packers, Stormy. And my cousin, Big Daddy Vince, who is part, is a, runs a construction firm, 
but he's also an expert on Nick basketball and certainly the Packers. And so he's, you know, he sends me this text saying, good article. Like, I never even thought he knew how to get the visa to read the article, which was A, a miracle, but B, you know, and then he went on to tell me everything that was wrong about the article after he complimented <laughs> me. So uh, I think to me, I just think the Packers, people are just buying low on them. I, I have a feeling Jordan Love isn't going to be as bad as everybody thinks he is. I'm with you from that standpoint, um, especially because, too, just offensively, I mentioned this yesterday on the show. While, yes, from a production standpoint, you lose a future Hall of Fame quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, you also lose a little bit of the stale energy that's been there because, yeah. Roger, you know, Rodgers wasn't fully invested. He had one foot out the door, it seemed like, in a lot of ways. So I think there's going to be a little bit of a rejuvenation process as well. We talk about those young pieces they had last year that were just trying to figure out life in the NFL. They should mature. I think there's a lot of reason for optimism when it comes to the Green Bay Packers. Our guy Adam Burke in the guide also said another team he thinks there's reason for optimism in a win total he likes. He doesn't love it, but he does like it, is the Dallas Cowboys over nine and a half wins. They had 12 wins mm. and playoff appearances each of the last two seasons. Can they keep it rolling in 23? I like that. I do. I, I think they can get to 10 wins. I think if this was posted at, at 10 and a half, where they had to get to 11, I would be more reticent. But I think just defensively alone, they should be able to get there. Now, you know, they've got to find another back to go with Tony Pollard, which I think Tony Pollard's fabulous. But I think when you see less of Tony, you get more of Tony, right? Mm -hmm. So I do think they still need, not that they need Zeke back, but they need someone like that that can kind of run the short yardage and do all that. But this is a good team with a good defense and a good kicking game. Look, I thought Zerline hurt them last year, and now they've moved on from that. And so I think this will help. Yeah, I think the only question mark I really have about the Dallas Cowboys is all of the coaching turnover. We talked about that with uh, Brian Broaddus of 105.3, the fan in Dallas last week, just talking about, yes, you move on from Kellen Moore, but a new offensive coordinator, McCarthy yeah. Collin plays, new quarterback coach, offensive line coach, running back coach. And while you have continuity on the field with a lot of your players and personnel, how will the coaching side of things impact it? So I get why it was a like and maybe not a love, but I'm more curious about how these Dallas Cowboys are going to perform come the post season because I firmly believe that yeah. they'll get there but can they get over the hump in the playoffs I don't know yeah yeah I said Zerline I meant Brett Maher uh the kicker yeah. and so to me you know I, I agree I mean this has been the story of the Cowboys since the 95 season I mean can they get advanced and when they have home field and they dominate they still don't do it so but I I just think to me they're not a they may not get to a Super Bowl or beat the Eagles but I do think they can get to 10 wins Another one this last 90 seconds or so here that I liked was the Cardinals under four and a half. I know it's a low number. I know it's gross, but I go through their schedule and with the exception of week one where they could maybe wreck a little havoc there, um, I could see that going under the four and a half. It's hard to find five wins on that schedule with how bad I feel like they're going to be. It really is. Two, you know, I wrote the column about uh, off, about court coaching coordinators in the matchup. I mean, look, they got both a young head coach who I wasn't sure was a very good coordinator to begin with, and he got a head coaching job. <laughs> and then you got two first-time coordinators. Like, I think this is going to be a real challenge. And you don't have a quarterback who's going to play. So, like, where are they going to make plays? I mean, Marquise Brown's their best receiver. How's that going to work out for you, right? I mean, like, who's throwing the ball? We know Colt McCoy is great of a kid as Colt McCoy is. Can he stay healthy? And the one thing we know about – about the, the Jonathan Gannon style of defense is 
he don't give up yards. I mean, it isn't even when he played with the Eagles and he had pressure on the quarterback because of his defensive front. You can move the ball on Philly. Again, the VEASAN NFL betting guide out now. Head to VEASAN.com slash subscribe and lock it down. Domingo Herman tossed a 99-pitch perfect game last night as the Yankees rocked the A's in Oakland. Our resident Yankee fan, VEASAN contributor Will Hill, joins us next to discuss that and more. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Turn a loss into a win with BetMGM, the official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Place the same game parlay wager with at least four legs on any MLB game. If all the legs of the parlay hit but one, you get your stake back in bonus bets up to 25 bucks. Only BetMGM, the best place to bet on baseball. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older to wager new and existing offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is not a drawable bonus bet. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, and New York. Rolling along here, Stormy Bonantoni and Michael Lombardi with you. And time to take a look at your latest yes. article, Michael, that's up at vcin.com. The Los Angeles Rams, a season after winning the Super Bowl, bottomed out last year, 5-12. and 12, Lots of injury issues with this team. What inspired you to write about them this week? You know, I because I was thinking about them, and you know, as you go on vacation, last year I was I was having this thought about Seattle without a quarterback. How could they go on vacation? And yet, little did I know, Geno Smith was there to play really well. Mm-hmm. So, I was thinking about the Rams and and all the things that involved. And so I got their roster out and I broke down their roster and I started going through who's actually on their team. Because I think if you ask most casual fans after you get past Haverstein, the right tackle, Note Bloom, the left tackle, and, you know, Von, Von Jefferson and Cooper Cup. I mean, there's very few guys you can just roll off the top of your tongue, right? Mm-hmm. So then I started looking at their roster and I saw that they have just about 40 guys who have one year or less experience. Now, what does that mean? That means they've never played an NFL game and never played an NFL game. They've been on, they've tried out. The one year guys mean you try out. When you earn a season, you go from rookie to two. Ones are when they never make a team. So they got 40 of those guys. They got 40 guys that have basically that they drafted. They haven't picked higher in John and Sean McVay's career since his first draft, which those 42 until last year when they picked 36. And then it got me on this memory lane kick where, you know, having written football done right, I talk about George Hallis and his fight with George Allen when George Allen was an assistant coach for him and George Allen just wanted to take the Rams job but tried to backdoor Hallis to get it and they went to court. And even though Hallis won the court settlement, he then walked up to the judge and said, after he told his lawyers, said, I got this, Charlie. He said, you know, I dropped the case. So he let Allen go. And then Allen started the Future Is Now revolution for the Rams back then. Mm-hmm. And the Rams then started it 40 years later. And so it kind of got me on that kick. And then when I really dug deep into it and studied it and then watched the games and studied some tape, you know, I got me to the conclusion that where are they? Where are they going? And with Matthew Stafford, It's going nowhere. He has not been very good. And so what are they doing? You know, you could say last year, well, they lost, they lost Stafford. They were three and six with Stafford. When he played against good defenses, he averaged six yards of completion. 
And that, that those good defenses would be the 49ers twice and the Cowboys. I mean, they barely scored over 20 points. And so, like, where are they going? And it's only going to be worse this year. Yeah, and, and to your point about the the stuff with Allen, like, we always talk about history being destined to repeat itself. And this time, it worked out for the Los Angeles Rams. They won their Super Bowl. But now what is there left? I liked the the comparison you did here, saying the Rams are the NFL version of the Phoenix Suns. They have three or four outstanding players and have to fill the rest of their roster with young, unproven talent. And even those proven talent and those big commodities to your point with Matt Stafford dealing with injuries. And I feel like Stafford and Aaron Donald and Cooper cup, and then even Sean McVay, three of those four have talked more about retirement. I feel like than they have about football the last two years. No question. And so, okay, we're a betting network. It all comes back to betting, right? Are you betting them to go their over win total? I mean, like how do they not go under? Here's my question to you is if you're running the Rams and you start out slow, the only asset you really have that's worth anything to rebuild this thing is Aaron Donald. Nobody's going to – everybody would love to have Cooper Cup on their team, but they're not. if he's not playing well, it's because he's coming off of two surgeries. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants Stafford because of that money in that contract. So, like, what other asset do you have that you could recoup yeah. and gain some picks? I mean, they had to sell – they had to sell Jalen Ramsey at such a reduced rate. It was ridiculous. So – at what point during this season, if it falls low, do you just say, we're starting Stetson Bennett and Aaron Donald's up for trade? Would you do that? I think that they should, which honestly, which brings up a, an interesting question that I, I want to know your opinion on because they went all in for the Super Bowl. We all know the the F them picks thing and regret, regret saying it the way that he did, but I understand that they need to rebuild from the ground up, it feels like. But if you're a fan or an employee of the team, the goal every single year is to win a Super Bowl. They did that. Would you rather be a team that is in the hunt every single year, has an opportunity to play for Super Bowls but never wins it, or be in the Rams situation where they won the Super Bowl, but they're probably going to be bad for a while now, and that fan base is going to go through it? Well, I I think the reason that it's gotten this dark is because, remember, before McVay gets there, they trade all those picks for Jared Goff. They go up to one. They're still the, I think they were still the St. Louis Rams when they made that trade. Maybe they were just becoming the Los Angeles Rams. But they trade up, and then the Eagles trade up to get Carson Wentz, one, two. How'd that work out for, I mean, Goff actually started to play well, but, and then, then they extend Goff's contract. And I was living in Los Angeles at the time, and I was friends with a bunch of the Ram coaches, and I'm like, like, are you sure golf is good? Because I don't see it. Like, I think golf's a play-action pass quarterback who doesn't play well in cold weather. He's not really f- tough. You know, oh, yeah, golf's our guy. He's our guy. He's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, eventually, they end up coming around to me. And when they decided to trade for Matthew Stafford, it was because they realized we can't make golf any better. I think the play that got golf traded was the interception to Stephon Gilmore in the Super Bowl, where if he holds the ball a second later, it's a touchdown to Brandon Cooks. He mm-hmm. didn't. And so that got them traded. And I think – so then they had to regroup. So then they had to trade more picks, right? They had to trade more picks to then get to get Stafford. So they dig the hole even deeper. And then the Todd Gurley taking away the cap. And then the Brandon Cooks. How many times have they spent money? Allen Robinson. They got to trade – they, they're eating 10 million of the contract. So – like, I think they've made so many mistakes in terms of start, stop, start, stop, that the hole has gotten deeper than it should have. 
Yeah, but again, if your goal is to win a Super Bowl, you got that. And so you right. you have to kind of pay the repercussions after that. And largely because of that, I think the trade worked out for what they needed to where Matt Stafford led them to a Super Bowl and Jared Goff, it, you know, it was kind of mutually beneficial that the Lions are doing what they yeah. have. And Jared Goff has been a key piece of that for for the Rams. As you mentioned, their season win total sitting at six and a half coming off that five win year. Where they stand in the NFC West, though, as we talked about a little bit earlier with how rough we anticipate the Cardinals being their win total even lower at four and a half. Do you foresee this division shaking out the way that it's laid out um, in terms of the odds where it'll be San Francisco finishing first, followed by the Seahawks, Rams and Cardinals? Do you think there could be a little shakeup at the top? Could Seattle and Geno Smith maybe knock off the 49ers from the top of the mountain? How do you view this division? Well, I mean, I like Seattle's team a lot. I do. I think they're closer than people think. Uh, I think the Rams are closer to the Cardinals than they are to the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's I, a big me, disparity in the middle of this division. Right. And so, like, I, I if I'm the Rams and I've gone all in, it might be the time to go all out. Because mm-hmm. I could get Caleb Williams if I get the first pick of the draft. And you put Caleb Williams on this team going into next year. It, it, it could be – the rebuild's going to not take as much time. Right. So, I, I, to me, like the Stafford 50 – like you make the point, it was it worth it? Yes. But you didn't have to give Stafford $59 million. Like you didn't have to give up that contract. Like at some point you, you could have protected the future, but they didn't. And then they tried to trade him and they pretended, oh, we're not trading him. Hell, if they weren't trying to trade him, it was negligence. Michael – who would benefit most, you think, by being able to draft Caleb Williams? I think the Rams would because they need to put people that they need still. The, the, the reason they've gone all in is because of the stadium, right? Because, you know, when you live in L.A. and you're the Rams, you're behind the Lakers, you're behind the Dodgers, you know, you're not you're behind USC, you know, and that title kind of got them some some ground, right? Carved out some turf in Los Angeles. If they sink lower, oh boy. <laughs> the Rams, where things sit right now in the division, a 9-1 to shot to win the NFC West feels very unlikely, especially with what you just said, them being closer to the bottom of the division than the middle there with the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks win total set at 8.5. They're a 2-1 to shot to win the NFC West. The 49ers and odds on minus 165 favorite win total sitting at 10.5. We are going to take a quick break here as we wrap up our one. When we return, continue our NFL conversation with a breakdown from this year's VEASAN NFL betting guide regarding the NFL MVP market. So who's at the top? Who are some dark horses worth a look? We'll get into all of that and more as we reset with our two of the Lombardi line. This is the Lombardi line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. We are rocking and rolling here on a big football Thursday. The Lombardi line presented as always by BetMGM alongside Michael Lombardi. I'm Stormy Bonantoni. Our VEASAN NFL betting guide drops today. So we continue to just preview, give a little tease as to what folks can get in the guide. And Michael, one of the great articles that was put through in this year's guide was from our guy Zachary Cohen breaking down some NFL MVP 
chatter and he presented a few interesting questions some dark horses maybe worth a look as well we've got the usual suspects atop the odds board patrick mahomes joe burrow josh allen and the like but when you first look at mvp market who are those initial names that stand out to you as legitimate candidates to win this thing well we know it's a quarterback friendly award right so you know what is betting let's start there betting is elimination what can we eliminate to help us win money? You know, I don't want to play this game. I don't want to play that game. Elimination. So when you're dealing with the MVP, you can eliminate positions. It's, they're not gonna, we're not a running back league. It's going to be hard for a wide receiver to get the award because the quarterback's going to get it from. I mean, Jamar Chase isn't getting it. Burrow would get it. So you know that there's a really good possibility. Now, there's a strong possibility it's a quarterback. So if you can get odds above five to one and you took $500 and invested it into five different players, a hundred on each guy, you can guarantee your profit if you pick the right five guys. And so to me, that's always been what the MVP award is. So who are those right guys? Well, you know, you just, you know, at 150, you know, at 650, you would, you would invest 500 to make uh, $150. Is that worth it? Yeah. I mean, that's not bad if you can get it. But you got to find, you got to make sure you nail it down to the five players. And I think that it's going to be the five quarterbacks. And if you think Cincinnati's going to win the Super Bowl, then you got to play Burrow. Because if they win the Super Bowl, it's probably because they were a one seed. Right. And, and, and if that, they're a one seed, he's the MVP. Michael, and that just goes into some factors, I think, that are important to take into account when you're talking NFL MVP as well. Mike Somich and I discussed this a little bit yesterday. Somich, by the way, is going to join us in about 12 or so minutes to give out some of his daily bets. But I'm talking about how team success is going to, like, player success and team success go very, very hand-in-hand for this market. Uh, Looking at a quarterback's touchdown-to-interception ratio, narrative is always going to be important. But if your team is having success and you're a one seed, likely that quarterback's going to be a part of it. The last non-quarterback to win the award was 2012, Adrian Peterson. Before that, it was LT in 2006. And we've seen a really big significant shift into it being a quarterback-driven type of award. So if you're looking for a wide receiver, you're looking for a running back, look in the Offensive Player of the Year market instead of the MVP. Um, But as you take all of these different factors into account, we mentioned those names that are off the top of the odds board, the guys who are certainly favored to have team success and player success. Um, but another one of those quarterbacks who's a little bit farther down, you see him at BetMGM at 14-1 to 1 right now, also seen him as high as 18-1, to 1, is Aaron Rodgers in his first year with the New York Jets. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he won back-to-back MVPs before the down year last year, but something that I think plays to his favor here, if the Jets do have success, is that the narrative around Aaron Rodgers has changed a little bit, whereas we saw voters outwardly saying, I don't want to vote for this guy because of his personality basically in a lot of ways and the things that he stood for now the way that he's been integrated into the New York Jets at this point if he continues to be the guy that he's been this offseason and excited and rejuvenated and wants to be there and nurture these young guys and teach the offense if he's that guy like why couldn't he win the award again if he you know doesn't show the age maybe that he showed a little bit last year yeah, I mean, look, I think it's a really, a, you know, it, it is a smart play because if you think he hasn't lost any of his skills and the Jets win the East, let's say, and, you know, Rodgers is going to get all the credit. Rodgers is going to get all the credit. You might, you know, will, will Salah get coach of the year? I doubt it, but Rodgers will get the mm-hmm. MVP. 
So I, I like that. I do. I, I think that's a play where, you know, I, I wrote in my next book, uh, Football Done Right, Hub Harkish was adamant about not voting for Aaron Rodgers. And that, and that sentiment carries over in the Hall of Fame voting, too. Mm-hmm. That's why some guys aren't in the Hall of Fame, because the, the writers are angry at the, at the people, not the player. So I think now Rodgers has kind of taken that down a notch, and he'll even get more votes. If, I don't know if he'll get it if they're a wild-card team, if Josh Allen and the, and the Bills win the East or if the Miami Dolphins are the Patriots. I don't think he gets yeah. it then. But if they have a first-round bye or they're number two seed, yeah, he's going to get it. Yeah, it's certainly going to take a tremendous season and have him <laughs> being the anchor of that. So that was one of the big questions that Zachary Cohen had in his article, is Aaron Rodgers worth a look? Another one of the questions that he put in the guide was, is Trevor Lawrence ready to make the jump and make the push. And we talk so much about the Jags. Are they maybe in a position to make that jump from good to great and how hard it really is? What do you think about Trevor Lawrence knowing the ease of that division and potential for success? Well, I think it's a smart, you know, you, you could make a strong case and defend that a lot. And I think Calvin Ridley would be the first witness you'd call to the stand because <laughs> what we forgot about Calvin Ridley because of the one-year suspension, because remember, he had that mental depression he was going through at Atlanta. cost him. But the year before this, Calvin Ridley was a top five receiver in the league. And if he gets anywhere close to that, to go along with the receiving court down there with Christian Kirk and 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 uh, you know and, and the and the players they have on their team. I mean, I think this is a really good opportunity for them with Evan Ingram in the slot. I mean, I think he's got a lot of skill around them. Travis Atn in the running back. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would like that a lot. I think there's a strong case you could make for for Lawrence, assuming he stays consistent in what he's trying to do. Yeah, 4,113 yards, 25 touchdowns, just eight picks last year. And you look Ridley, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, a lot, a better group of pass catchers that have been put together. Because he did mention Calvin Ridley. Also, in case you're just joining us, we did discuss this a lot in Hour 1. Make sure you check out the Lombardi Line and Podcast Forum. But the updated list of gambling suspensions, there have been a few more names that have come out today. We are now up to seven players Um, who over the last two years have been given full season suspensions, three six-game suspensions. Um, A couple of the newer names today, Nicholas Petit-Frere coming through, Demetrius Taylor, and Rashad Berry. So just keep that in your back pocket. Again, we had a full gambling discussion a little bit earlier today. Um, Any dark horses, though, that you like in in the MVP market? Maybe getting away from some of those guys we already just guarantee we know that they're going to be good year in and year out, consistent as they come. Who could shake things up? Well, I mean, look, I, you know, we uh, we talk about this. Now, I mean, Geno Smith could be one of those that gets it sh- shook up. He could be a dark horse. I think he's plus 35. Zach has, Zach has Russell Wilson as a potential dark horse. But Russell Wilson is going to fall into that comeback player of the year category. Mm-hmm. If he plays well, do you think they'll give him the MVP or do you think he'll get comeback player of the year? You told me the other day he qualifies for that. So if he does – you know, I, I think to me that would be the case. Uh, but, you know, Geno Smith, if, if, if say Seattle wins the West and they're really good and with the skill players that he has around them and an offensive line that's going to get mm-hmm. better, yeah, why not? Absolutely. Like, I know, we, I know we have a perception of, you know, it's called belief perseverance where we believe something in spite of the facts, right? We believe – Justin Fields is going to be great in spite of the facts. We believe Geno Smith is going to revert back to the Geno Smith when he was a rookie in spite of the facts. 
So when you remove belief perseverance from your handicap and you really become a better handicapper. I like the thought process with Geno Smith, especially at those long of odds. I think it makes a lot of sense. You also mentioned off the top of this block elimination, right? And eliminating non-quarterback positions. I think there are also some names just for me and my beliefs going into this season of people that you can eliminate. Justin Fields would be one of them at that same odds at 20 to one to a tongue of Iloa, just because I don't have the belief that he's going to be able to stay yeah. healthy throughout the course of a Where long season. Where are you on Trey Lance? Well, we have Trey Lance. Why up you there do this too. to me? Don't get me and started. He's twenty-five to one, Stormy. He's got better odds than Geno Smith, and he's not even going to be the. He's not even going to dress on Sundays. He's got better odds than Brock Purdy, who is the guy that the everybody in leadership it's the positions. Power of the earthquake the maker. It's the power of that. Yeah, it's wild. It's unbelievable. Um, speaking of the 49ers, though, a former 49ers quarterback now here in Vegas with the Raiders, Jimmy Garoppolo, um, some folks on Twitter are a little bit confused about one of the props that's available right now at DraftKings and his number. So I want, I want to throw this at you, um, because there are markets up right now for players to throw for 4,000 and 5,000 plus yards, usual suspects at pretty unbettable odds at top, um, Patrick Mahomes, Minus 3,500. Kirk Cousins and Justin Herbert, both minus 1,000 in the market. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, minus 550, minus 500, respectively. Jimmy Garoppolo is a minus 330 odds-on favorite in this market as well, Michael. And that surprised me a little bit that he is projected in that market at that price to have more than 4,000 yards when he has never reached that mark in his career. But he hasn't he hasn't played a full season for Josh McDaniel's offense. Remember, he grew up on the Brady offense. Get the ball out quick, which is not the Kyle Shanahan offense. So he's going back to an offense that he grew up in. And that ball is going to come out. The Raiders' offensive line is not great. Colton Miller's a good player, and they kind of piece it together. The ball's got to come out quick. That's what McDaniels does. That's where Brady was so good. And if you've got guys that can catch and run with it afterwards, those yards start to pile up. Do I think it happens? My concern would be, can Jimmy stay healthy for 17 games? But I'll say this, Jimmy's going to play well in that offense because that offense will make the quarterback who understands it how to play well. And he did when he was in New England. I was just trying to think of Derek Carr, and granted, he didn't play every single game. We know how things ended the back end of the season. But Derek Carr, who I consider the better downfield passer, um, he struggled to get to that mark. Even the years previous before um, McDaniels was in there, barely got over 4,000 himself. So that's kind of what threw me a little bit for a loop here. I would also prefer to bet Jimmy Garoppolo's prop set at 3,700 and a half yards Mm -hmm. at a lot of books out there. there That's the smarter bet to make. But minus 330, I was like, that just seems a little bit heavy for a guy that hasn't done it yet. Um, We're going to take... I think they're counting on it. Yeah, we're going to take a quick break here. Our guy, Mike Somich, professional handicapper, is going to join us coming up next. He's got a few baseball plays to discuss. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host 
of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.